Yeah, in today's class, uh, we'll discuss um, a little bit at the end of the Parshas of Ayishlach, in uh, which the Torah describes uh, the uh, Toldos, the uh, generations of Esau and Edom, and the end of the Parsha lists uh, various different children of Esau and um, the Alufim and uh, and various different details. Now, usually we run through these uh, these psukim. Their names that are some of them are strange to us. Uh, we don't pay a lot of attention to them, and they seem uh, almost uh, insignificant. And we wonder why the Torah even bothers mentioning all the details. And as we'll see, you know, Rashi addresses it that there is a purpose and a need. There is a reason for all this, of course, but. When you pay, you know, a little closer attention, you know, you go through uh, the Chumash with the Rashi and um, with some of the commentaries, uh, you see it's really uh, fascinating and uh, and there's really a lot uh, to be learned and to uh, dwell uh, into, you know, the different, uh, you know, aspects of it and uh, also, of course, to try to see how all this can be applied to us in our lives, uh, uh, but uh, before we do that, I think it's necessary just to go back and uh, talk a little bit about the um, um, you know previous parshias about the uh, happenings until we get up to this parsha and uh, and then try to um, you know compare and see how the uh, details of the previous parsha how they fit in with what we're learning over here. So we'll start. With the uh, with the parsha in parsha's todis um, um, over there um, on, in Perak Lamadalad in Pasuk Lamadalad uh, verse uh, thirty four in chapter twenty six Perak Perak Chavav Pasuk Lamadalad. So we read in the Pasuk that when Esav was forty years old. The Torah tells you that he took a wife, and the Torah names two of his wives. Now we have to pay close attention to the names of the wives because that will play into this uh, week where we're going to discuss about how it's written over here. So Vidir says when Asa was 40 years old, uh, he took a wife. First it says Yehudis Bas Be'eri Hachiti. Now the Chitis were the people that lived in the land of Canaan, next to uh, that's where um, they lived, where Yitzchok lived with his family. Uh, so there were the Chitai people there, the Chitim over there. So he took Yehudis. She was the daughter of Be'eri, the Chiti, and then he took another wife, and her name was Bosmas, and she was the daughter of Eloin, the Chiti. And I'm saying the name slowly because we'll see in our parsha these names change around, and there's reasons for them, as Rashi will explain. Uh, so again, the uh, one wife was Yehudis, the daughter of Be'eri, the Chitite, and there was another wife, Basmas, the daughter of Elon Achiti. Rashi already over there explains that Esau was 40 years old, and he said that uh, my father got married when he was 40 years old, because Yitzchak got married when he was 40. So he said, my father got married 40, I'll also get married at 40. 
But Rashi says that this Esau has been uh, taking women from their men in you know, all these years, and he's like, uh, they say, like the Chazir, who tries to show himself that he has split hoofs, uh, to try to say that he's kosher, although he doesn't chew his cud, but he has one of the two kosher signs. And the same thing, this Esau was pretending to be righteous. He says, my father married at 40, and I'll marry at 40, even though he's been doing these terrible things all his life. Now, the Pasuk also goes on to say that they were, uh, these women were uh, a Moiris Ruach, they were... Uh, uh, you know, uh, not uh, very uh, welcome to Yitzchak and Rivka, and uh, they would uh, worship idols. And matter of fact, Rashi says that one in one of the commentaries that the reason that Yitzchak's eyesight uh, became uh, became bad was because due to the uh, 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 sacrificial uh, or the incense that they would smoke for their avodah So they weren't too happy with them, but. In this case, we literally read about these two wives that that Esau marries. Now, when we fast forward uh, to the end of the Parsha, uh, that's that Parsha, uh, the Parsha of uh, Teldis, then we read about the story how uh, Yaakov uh, took uh, and received the blessings from Yitzchak, from his father Yitzchak, and he tricked it away, he took it away from Esau, and Esau was really very angry, and he wanted to kill uh, Yitzchak, he wanted to kill Yaakov for the fact that he took away the blessings from him. And Rivka uh, advises uh, uh, Yaakov, and she also can, says, speaks to Yitzchak, and then they both say to Yaakov that they don't want him to marry a woman from the local women uh, because they're not happy with the local women over there. Uh, and she's saying to Yitzchok is saying to uh, Yaakov, Yitzchok Rivka, that he should go to um, her brother Lavan to Aram Naharayim over there and marry and find himself a wife from there. And then we have the whole story following in the portion of Vayetzein where. Yaakov uh, is in the home of uh, of um, of Lovan. And he marries Rachel Leia, etc. as the story in Pasha's Vietze. But after that, it says in the end of Pasha's Toldos, in the Pasuk Vav, uh, uh, Perak uh, Chavches, uh, chapter 28, verse uh, 6, so that Esau saw that uh, his father blessed uh, Yaakov and he sent him away to Padnaram to marry a wife from there and he told him not to take a woman from the daughters of Canaan and that he left so Esau realized or he saw that the fathers uh, in his father's eyes the daughters of Canaan were bad so then it says in the Pesach that Esau went to Yishmoel which was a family member a son of of, uh, of, of Avram and he took Yishmoel's daughter uh, her name was Mochlas so again, this is another wife that he's taking. He's taking a wife, her name was Mochlas, and she was the daughter of Yishmoel, who was the son of Avram, the Pasuk says. Now the Pasuk over there also gives another identifying sign for this Mochlas, in addition to being Bas Yishmoel, the Torah identifies her again by saying, Achois Nevoyes, that she was a sister 
from Nevois. Nevois was her brother. And as the Pasuk says, he took them in addition to his wives. So the addition to the two wives that we learned before, the Chitai wives that we learned before, um, this uh, Yehudis Bas Be'eri and, and the Bosmas Bas Eloin, the Chitim that we learned before, in addition to those wives, she also took, uh, he also took this Bachlas, the daughter of Yishmoel, who was the sister of Nevois. Now, Rashi over there is a long Rashi. Rashi explains uh, that Yishmoel died at that particular time, around that time, and that's the reason why the Torah identifies also Yishmoel's daughter, the Machlas, the wife that Esau took, as the sister of Nevoyez, because Nevoyez led the proceedings over there, because uh, Yishmoel wasn't around anymore to marry you off to, to Esau, and it was Nevoyez that took care of the marriage over there, that's why it uh, also identifies this Machlas as the sister of Nevoyes, and she became the wife of Esau. Now, uh, also from the, from the fact that Yishmael died then, Rashi deduces that the age of Yaakov at that time was 63 years old. That, Esau, that, that Yaakov was 63 years old at the time that he took the blessing and at the time that he was going away to Padanaram. Which, of course, makes Esau too, at that time, at the age of 63, since Esau and Yaakov were twins, born at the same time. So, uh, if Yaakov was 63, that means Esau was 63. So, now we know that the uh, two initial wives that, uh, that uh, Esau took, that we learned about a little earlier in the Parshas Torahs, he took them when he was at age 40, as the Pasuk says, Beferish. And uh, since Rashi over here at the end says that at this particular time, Yaakov uh, was 63 years old, uh, we know that Esau was 63 years old when he married his uh, third wife, when he took this Machlas, the daughter of Yishmael, for a wife. So there was 23 years difference between uh, the marriage of uh, this Machlas, the third wife, to the, the uh, original, to the two uh, wives that he married before. Now to briefly uh, summarize what takes place between the time that uh, Yaakov uh, leaves to, uh, to Lavan and uh, Esau marries this uh, Machlas, Bas Yishmoel, so we read in the Torah about the entire happenings that take place with uh, with uh, Yaakov, uh, his experience, the 14 years he works for Rachel and Leah with Lavan, and then the additional six years that he works uh, for himself, and Hashem blesses him, he becomes, becomes very successful. And then finally we read about uh, Yaakov leaving Lavan, and... Um, this week's portion begins with that uh, when he's leaving Lavan, uh, Yaakov is uh, worried about about Esav, and the, the parsha begins with Vayishlach Yaakov Malochim Aleisav Ochiv, that he is uh, sending angels and uh, uh, he is uh, worried, and then the story goes at the end that uh, Esav at that time you know doesn't. Uh, do anything, it doesn't bother him but 
it seems like uh, Esau at that time, as the Pasik says, uh, lived in Seir, uh, because the Pasik begins, Vayishtach Yaakov mach ma'alochim, El Esau achiv artsos Seir, Zdei Edim. So he was in Seir and Zdei Edim. Also at the end, when he, after his encounter, and he gives him the whole gift, and Esau is talking to Yaakov about helping him, and Yaakov says to Esau, you go ahead, and the Pasik uses the language, Ad Asher until I will come to my master to Seir. In other words, I'm going to go slowly, and eventually I'll come to you to Seir. And Rashi already says he never had intention to really go to Seir to to Esav, uh, uh, but he was uh, he was just trying to tell him to go ahead so that he wouldn't be in danger. And then we. Um, and finally, we uh, when uh, we have the story with Dina and Shechem, when as uh, as Yaakov was moving uh, closer to uh, to Hebron to Yitzchak, the story with Dina and Shechem, the story with uh, with uh, Rivka's Rivka Yitzchak's mother died, which is not even mentioned in the pasuk. Uh, Alin Bochus over there with uh, Devira Menekes. Uh, Rivka, uh, it's hinted over there, Rashi says that Rivka's death was not explicitly mentioned because it's not to, people shouldn't uh, say bad about Rivka that she uh, brought into the world such an evil person like Esau. But in any event, the Parsha goes on until finally the portion tells us about Yitzchok's passing away. And over here, uh, once again, Yitzchak lived 180 years, he died, uh, so, uh, he passed away, years. he lived till 180. And over here, we again come into contact with Esau, because it says that the burial, they buried him, Esau and Yitzchak buried their father, uh, their, um, I mean, uh, Esau and, and Yaakov buried their father, Yitzchak. After that, again, the Pasik starts to talk about the fact that um, that Esau uh, had a lot of cattle too, a lot of uh, mikne, and Yaakov had a lot of mikne, and the land did not have uh, sufficient uh, feed for all of their cattle, for all their animals. Uh, and the Pasik says that Esau went away left Eretz Canaan, and the Pasik says, He left there. He left away. He left there. And he went to Eretz. It doesn't even say which Eretz he went to. And Rashi comments over there, he just left to go just anywhere, basically. But eventually the Pasik says that he went to... Eventually the Pasik says, This is uh, later, a little bit later on than we're going to start today. But the Pasik says that he settled in, 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 uh, in Harseir, Esau Hu'edim. Now, this is a... Uh, uh, also, um, it seems like uh, the Mepharshim explained that uh, even though in the encounters before uh, Esau was coming from Seir, from Edim, as the Pasik says in the beginning of Ayishlach, and he told him al Seira, so it's Mashma that he already was there, but the Mepharshim say he was there as a temporary uh, 
place. It was a good pasture over there, but he still lived in Eretz Canaan the whole uh, the whole time. His main basis, his main house, was still in Eretz Canaan. Uh, even though before he says but that was only a temporary place and I guess the gift went over there because maybe because of the cattle but he finally left um, um, in this later incident you know uh, uh, after the Pusik says that they had too much cattle and they couldn't, the land couldn't carry them, similar to what we learned earlier in the Chumash with Avraham and Lloyd that the Ruchushim Rav Mishavas Yagdov, so they needed to separate uh, Avraham from Lloyd at that time, uh, and Lloyd went to Zdaim, that was the earlier story then uh, that took place before. But uh, in this case, they also couldn't settle and then. Uh, Esau moved permanently away and as uh, Rashi says that Nayakov Achiv has several different interpretations either he moved away because he was embarrassed because of the Bechayra that he sold him or because he didn't want to have the decree um, uh, that his children will be in exile so he said uh, I don't need the Eretz Canaan and I don't want my children to uh, to go into uh, exile and um, um, although um, he is going himself in exile right now, but he chose this for himself uh, to leave Eretz Yisrael. It's not like uh, somebody is enslaving them or anything else. He's leaving out of his own his own free will. Um, and um, and he finally uh, settles permanently. It's a, Rashi says El Eretz. Uh, that's a little bit of. Uh, uh, Rashi says Logur Basher Yimso, meaning he left us to find wherever he would find, and that's a little bit surprising. I mean, Rashi explains why the pasuk doesn't say where he went; it just says Vayelech El Eretz. Didn't say Vayelech El Eretz Seir, or that he went to Seir, and later on only Vayeshev Esubar Seir. But it's a little bit surprising because he already was partially, or a good portion of him, was in Seir, as the pasuk referred earlier. But still, over here, he just went to Leretz, Logur Basher Yim, says Rashi says, and uh, at the end, he ends up in Seir Esau Vavavir. Okay, so that's, that is for the background. Okay, now, I want to start with actually seeing how the uh, children and the generations of Esau, as the Pasuk says, and that's in chapter 36, verse 1, the Torah begins, Ve'ela Tildes Esau Vavavir. Now, one would expect that the uh, names, uh, at least, um, would be the same. Would make life a lot easier if the names uh, matched up. But as we will see, uh, none of the names, uh, almost none of the names, actually uh, match up over here. And everything is changed around, which makes it... Uh, a lot more difficult to keep track, but also tells us something very significant that everything has meaning over here. It's not just a um, uh, you know just a history trying to tell us and making it more easier just the names, but we're supposed to be learning and understanding uh, every every detail of here. So the pasuk base begins with telling us that Esau took his wife from Benais Canaan, from the daughters of Canaan. Now, this is, says Noshav, his wives, I mean, we're talking about the same wives, presumably. The number fits here, it's three, it's Benais Canaan, so 
it is those same wives that we talked about before. But the problem becomes the names are different. So the first one that it says here was it says Odo Bas Eilin Dhiti. And the second one it says Ahalivomo Bas Ano Basivoin Hachivi. So really the only thing that matches up with this Pasik in the end of Vayishlach with the Pasik in Toildois is the Bas Eloin Hachiti. Uh, that's the only thing that matches up as far as the wives goes. Uh, we have a Bas Eloin Hachiti over here, but here her name is Odo. Odo Bas Eloin Hachiti. Over there she was named Bosmas Bas Eloin Hachiti. Says Rashi that you need to know that this Odo is the same as this Bosmas Bas Eilon. Odo Bas Eilon is the name of Bosmas Bas Eilon. They also, which is to add to the difficulty in remembering things, because over there, uh, this Bas Eilon is mentioned as the second wife of Esau, and over here, Odo Bas Eilon is mentioned as the, in the order of the Torah, she's mentioned first, before, the Bas Eilon is first. But nevertheless, Rashi says that this Odo is really the same as this Bosmas Bas Eloin that we read in the Pasha's Torah, which was also Bas Eloin Hachiti. But Rashi explains what happened, why was her name called um, over there Bosmas. Here she's called Odo, and over there is called Bosmas. And Rashi says because she would offer incense of Besamim, incense of Edezara, they called her Basmas. So presumably her name was really Ada, but over there they called her by the name of Basmas. Perhaps because the Pasuk later on is telling us that he uh, became uh, blinded by their offering of incense, maybe the Pasuk was hinting to it by calling her Basmas Baisem from the language of Besamim in which they offered for the Avedizora. Maybe that's why. But in any event, Rashi says that this Basmas is Bas Eilonachiti. Now, just to uh, get uh, this a little bit more uh, confusing, uh, just so that we uh, remember, there is going to be in a minute, uh, in the next Pasuk, uh, over here, that the in here I mean in Vayishlach, in uh, the next pasuk we're also going to talk about a wife that um, that uh, was married to uh, Yishmoel, to uh, Esav. Sorry, a wife that was married, the third wife. But over here, the third wife is called Bosmas, and yet, yet this one she was the Bas Yishmoel, uh, the daughter of Yishmoel the same as we said in the end of Pasha's Teldis, over there we called her Machlas Bas Yishmoel. Let's not get ahead of ourselves because I, want to, I just wanted to make a note of this that uh, to add to the, uh, to the uh, difficulty, the confusion over here so to speak um, the uh, Torah calls her by us, the Torah calls her Odo Bas Eloin which was the same as Bosmas Bas Eloin, 
which was mentioned second in Parshas Toldos when it says that uh, Esau marries at the age of 40 uh, and over here uh, we're going to name another wife of Esau which was named Basmas but it's not this one so again let's get to that when we'll, uh, when we'll talk uh, we'll go a little down the line so now we have at least established Rashi established that this Bas Eloin is the same woman over there she's called Basmas here she's called Oda uh, over here she's mentioned as the first one of Esau's wife in our Pasik, over there she's the second one. Now it gets a little bit more freiloch uh, uh, as they say, uh, a little bit more difficult as we continue. Then his second wife, uh, over here he calls her Oholi Vama. Now in the portion over there, uh, there is no Oholi Vama. The other wife, uh, which was mentioned over there first, and here it's second, the other wife was called Yehudis. And on top of that, it says that her father, Bas, she was the daughter of Be'eri Dechiti. Now over here, uh, first of all, there is no uh, Yehudis here in the Pasuk. Over here, there's a woman which is called Oholi Vamo. And the Pasuk adds that she was, this woman was, the daughter of Anna, the daughter of Tzivon, as we'll explain in a minute, the daughter of Anna, the daughter, the daughter of Tzivon, and he also calls her Hachivi, not the Chiti. Uh, Chiti and Chivi were different nations. So, this is um, a little bit uh, confusing, confusing, because A, over there, the Torah calls her uh, Bas Deiri, uh, over here, uh, the Torah says Basano uh, Basivin, over there it's Achiti, and there it's Achivi. Maybe there's another woman. No, Rashi says this is the same woman, same wife. When it says here, Oh Livama, Rashi, that, that is Yehudis, the same woman as before. But why was she called Yehudis? Um, and here she's called Olivama. So Rashi says, because Yehudis was a way of tricking his father. Uh, Yehudis usually represents, represents that she denies idol worship, and he named her Yehudis in order to trick his father. So according to this, in the Parsha's Torah when it says the names, uh, Yehudis was uh, a name to trick the father. Uh, and uh, maybe that's why it's mentioned there first. The first one is Yehudis. Uh, or maybe that's what he told his father. Again, I'm not sure uh, why the order was, was, why is the order different. But she calls her Yehudis. And Yehudis was apparently not her real name. Because he just did it to trick his father. Her real name was Oholivama. Um, also, Basmas was also not her real name. Her real name was Oda, as we say in our Pasuk. But over there she's called Basmas because she gave incense to the uh, Avedizara. So those names are sort of names either to trick or on their action. But of all this, we don't have an explanation why she's called over there Bas Beiri Hachiti. And over here, by us, she has a different 
set of uh, parents over here. Bas, it says here, Bas Anno, Bas Tzivan, and it also says the Chivi. How does it come from the Chiti to Chivi? How does it come from Be'eri to Bas Anno, Bas Tzivan, Achivi? That I didn't see in the Rashi specifically, and I'm not going to, need to uh, address that. But what we are going to address is what the Pasik does say. The Pasik calls her Oholivama. He says, Bas Ano, Bas Siva in Hachivi. Now, who is this Ano? It says, Bas Ano, she was the daughter of Ano. So who is this Ano? And then it says, she was also the Bas Tzivoyin. Who is this Tzivoyin? So, in order to understand that, we have to go further on to verse 20. Uh, over there, after the Torah talks about the uh, children of Esau, Esau's family, it goes to talk about the children of Seir the Chori. Uh, Seir the Chori, the Pesach says they were the Yoshvehar, it's they lived, is, is, that's why it's called Seir, Har Seir, uh, Huedoim, but it's all before, they lived in the land, as Rashi says, before Esau came. And the Torah talks, tells you over there, who were the children of the Seir, the Chayri. And again, the reason why that is important for the Chumash to not only talk about Esau, which has a connection, over here now we're even mentioning the sons of Seir. Uh, those are the people that lived in uh, in Seir, uh, where before uh, Esau joined them and moved in with them over there. So, why is that important? The Rashi is going to say to tell us all the importance of Timna, to tell us the importance of Ram, as we will speak soon. But let's not get ahead of ourselves. We're trying right now to say, who is this Tzivoyin and who is this Ano? So, in Pasuk Chav, when the Torah says over there, who are the sons of Seir? Now he calls him again Seir de Choyri. I pointed out already before that in Parshish Toldois, this, um, he calls her over there the uh, Chiti. He calls her uh, Yehudis Baz Be'eri again I didn't know what Be'eri calls her the Chiti uh, in the Postic over there uh, over here uh, he calls her when it talks about the the wife he calls her the Chivi but now when we look about uh, what are they called the name of the Bnei Seir she was a Bas of uh, of uh, Tzivan and Anna as we're going to explain now but the Bnei Seir are called in the Pasuk the Chori. So we have Chiti in uh, Toldois, uh, we have Chivi in uh, the beginning, and Bnei Seir are called the Chori. So again, I'm not sure exactly what the Chiti, Chivi and Chori, how to place all that. Uh, but the, the, when the Pasuk counts the sons of Seir, who lived in the land, so the Pasuk counts, in the first Pasuk, it counts four children. Now, there's more children in Pasuk Chafalov, but what's important to us is Loiton, he will come into play a little bit later, so one son. Then there's a, another son named was Shoival, which we don't deal too much with. And then there has two more sons. One of them is called Tzivoin, it says Vitzivoin, Ve'ano. 
So these were four sons of Seir who lived in the land of Seir HaCheri, who lived in the land of Seir before Esau moved in. Pasuk tells you more, more, more children, but we don't talk about them. Then the uh, so according to this pasuk, Seir uh, had two of his sons. One of son was Sivain, and the other son was Anna. He had two sons, one Sivain and one Anna. So far, so good. But then, as the pasuk goes on later on to counting the children of Tzivain, who were the son of Seir, who was one of the sons of Seir. Tzivain was one of the sons of Seir. So the Torah goes on to count who were the children of Tzivain. And here, the Pasuk counts the sons of Tzivain, he counts a son by the name Aya, who is not of interest to us, at least at the moment. No, not even right now. And then the Torah counts, again, a son of Tzivain, whose name was Ano. Wait a minute. Tzivoin had a son whose name was Ano. Now, we just learned that Tzivoin had a brother, as we just said, the Bnei Seir, there was Tzivoin and Ano. Ano was Tzivoin's brother. Now, all of a sudden, over here, the Pasuk says that Tzivoin had a son named Ano. Well, that itself wouldn't be really a big of a problem, because he could have a brother whose name was Anna. Tzivain could have a brother whose name was Anna. And Tzivain could have a son who he named Anna too. So that wouldn't mean anything. The problem is, the Pasuk continues and says, Who Anna? That is Anna. Now, in the Pashtiv Shad, the verse goes on to states that that is Anna. Asher Motzes Hayyemim Bamidbar. The Pasuk talks about there that he he found uh, the mules in the wilderness and how he how he uh, how he uh, made it, the horse with the uh, with the donkey and he got a mule out of it and but and the pasuk says he's the one to Tzivan his father but rashi comments over there when the pasuk says who ano that is ano that the pasuk is also telling us who ano that is the ano that was said before Wait a minute, that the sons of Tzivoin Ano is really the sons of Tzivoin Ano is not another person. That's the same Tzivoin that is his brother, who Ano, the same I mentioned before. But wait a minute, if Tzivoin, if Ano was Tzivoin's brother, he was a son of Seir, how could Ano also be Tzivoin's son? Oh, Rashi says over there, and Rashi's going to say it over here too, Rashi says that actually Anna was not Seir's son, as the Pesach says, B'nai Seir. Anna was actually Tzivain's son. And the reason why the Pesach counts him amongst the sons of Seir is because Tzivoin had a relationship with his mother and Anna was born from his mother and Tzivoin from the son and the mother and people 
on Seir thought that it was his son, because it was his wife's son. But in truth, Anna was a product, was came from Tzivain, a relationship that Tzivain had with his mother. So when the Pasik says, Eile B'nei Seir, Hachoyri, the Counts, Loiton, Shoival, Tzivain V'Ano, Tzivain is the, was the son. Anna wasn't B'nei Seir. But rather, Tzivain was Anna's father. That's what we learned the Pasuk over here. He had a son, Anna. This is not a different Anna. Who Anna? It's the same Anna. The Pasuk counts him over there because he's the Bnei Seir. Because he was assumed to be the son of Seir. Nobody thought that it, that Tzivain's mother, Seir's wife, got pregnant from Tzivain. They thought that it was Seir's son. So he was Anna. He was one of the sons. And also when we read that they took up places of of uh, leadership, uh, uh, we, we 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 count aluf shoival, aluf tzivain, and aluf ano. Ano is one of the alufim over there because he is always counted with the bnei chayri, even bnei seir, even though aluf yachayri is one aluf in the chayri, even though he wasn't a son of seir, he was really a son of tzivain. So now Rashi says, explains over here. So now we're talking about uh, this Sivan. Now let's go back to our Rashi over here, to our Pasik over here. So this second wife of Esau that we're talking about, whose name was Olivama. Uh, so not to lose track, this is the same Yehudis Bas Be'eri that we. Uh, talked about in Pasha's Toldis. Uh, again, over here, she's the second wife, there she's the first wife, Yudis. So, this Olivama, the Pasik says that she was the daughter of Anna, and she was also the daughter of Tzivay. Again, the Chivi. But she was the daughter of Anna, the daughter of Tzivay. Now, we already know that Anna was not Tzivain's brother, as it would seem in the Pasik that they were uh, uh, they were actually brothers, uh, you should take that back. Anna was Tzivain's brother from the mother, because uh, one mother had Tzivain and had Anna, uh, but the father were different because Seir was Tzivain's father, and uh, Tzivain was Anna's father. <laughs> Get it? So, uh, so they they were um, uh, Tzivain and uh, Anna were brothers because Tzivain had a relationship with his mother, and uh, and uh, that's where Anna came from. But in any event, we're not done yet. So, what is the pasuk saying to us that this Olivama was Anna's daughter? And also that she was Tzivain's daughter. So, uh, she couldn't be uh, the daughter of Anna and the daughter of uh, Tzivain. Only one person could be her father. Anna was either her father or Tzivain was her father. So, and we already learned that Anna was Tzivain's son. 
in addition to being Tzivan's brother and mother, but he was also Tzivan's uh, father. Uh, uh, he was Anna's father. Uh, so Rashi says that what took place over here was that this Tzivan, uh, not only did Tzivan have a relationship with his mother, and then later on he gave birth to Anna, but later on, when Anna grew up, and he got married, uh, that means when Tzivon's son, Anna, who Tzivon had from his mother, Sayer's wife, uh, his mother, so when Anna, his son, who was a mamzer, uh, because he was born from Tzivon's relationship with his mother, with Sayer's wife, with his mother, and that gave, he gave birth to Anna. So when Anna got older and he got married, this Tzivon went and had a relationship with Anna's wife, that's his son's wife. And from that relationship, this Ahlivama was born. Um, which... Um, which uh, which tells us that uh, the pasuk says she was the daughter of Anna because people didn't know again people didn't know that her Olivama's real father Olivama's uh, real father was uh, was Tzivay, was her grandfather uh, was Anna's father Tzivay. People thought. That Olivama was Anna's daughter. So when the Pasik says Olivama Bas Anna, she was the daughter of Anna, doesn't mean that she was really the daughter of Anna, because Anna wasn't her father, really. But Anna's wife was Olivama's mother. And since Olivama's uh, mother was married to Anna, so people assumed that Olivama is the daughter of Anna. But then the Torah tells you, but you should really know she was really Basivan. That she was really the daughter of Tzivan, because her real father was not Anna, but it was Tzivan, her grandfather was her really father, because Tzivan had a relationship with Anna's wife, and from that relationship with Anna's wife, that gave birth to this Aholivama. So, putting a little bit in perspective, Olivama, uh, this Tzivayim, first he goes and has a relationship with his mother, and he gives birth to his son, Anna. To son, Anna. And then he goes, and when Anna gets married, he goes and he has a relationship with Anna's wife, and he gives birth to this Olivama. And then... Esau goes and marries this Olivama. So the Olivama that he married was a Mamzeres, B'nai Mamzeres, you know. <laughs> and Rashi says, so why does the Pasuk have to tell you Olivama, Basana, Basivir? I mean, why is it important? Rashi says the Pasuk wants to tell you that Kulam B'nai Mamzeres are you, that they were all the products of adultery and incest, all these children and all the whole family, and maybe that'll give us a little bit of a perspective 
you know, the distinction, I guess, between their families and the families of Yaakov and the other, uh, the difference between them. And it's interesting that it's not that one time when the Torah refers to Olivamo, the Torah calls her Bas Ano, uh, later on, there's a few times in the Pesach, as we go on over here, the Pesach will continuously refer to her as Oholivama, the daughter of Ana, the daughter of Tzibon. And so it's not just Torah telling you once. It seems like, in this case, when the Torah is... Uh, when they got married in Pasha's Torah, over there, it wasn't so important for the Torah to tell you that they were all uh, mamzeris because we didn't go into the lineage. We we're just talking about the wives that he married, and the pasuk just briefly mentions their names. So the Torah calls it their Yehudis, Bas Beiri Hachiti. But over here, when the pasuk is telling you about the lineage and the rest of the family, so the pasuk is sort of making you clear, you know, who you're dealing with here. You're dealing about Kulom uh, Bnei Mamzeris Ayu, and. The story isn't over. It gets it gets better as we go on. And now we move on to the third wife. So the third wife was mentioned earlier in the. That's already the Pasha's told us whom he married twenty three years later. At the end of the Pasha's told us at the story when Yaakov left, he was sixty three years old. The Rashi proves over there, over there, that story we read that he marries the daughter of Yishmael. But as I pointed out earlier, she has a different name over there too. Over there, the daughter of Yishmael is referred to as Mochlas Bas Yishmael. The Mochlas, the daughter of Yishmael. And over here, she is called Bosmas Bas Yishmael. And uh, it wouldn't be so bad, just the name change, but we changed it to a name, he called her Basmas over here, and before he had another wife that was called Basmas, and um, and here he changed her to Oda, and he changed Machlas, he changed to Basmas, so, so Basmas Bas Yishmoel, uh, so Rashi also said, you should know that this Basmas is the same Machlas, and he brings down that one of the reasons why she was called the Machlas because her name uh, was, uh, she was forgiven. Uh, that uh, we, we learned that three people are forgiven their sins. One, one who marries is forgiven his sins. So I guess that uh, that was a time that he married Machlas, meaning at that time uh, his uh, uh, her sins, Rashi says, were forgiven. Um, I don't. That's why she was called Machlas. Rashi says, "Nikras Machlas shenimuchalu aviseino." That uh, uh, I don't know uh, whether it's shenimuchalu aviseinov or he says in Pasuk Aviseha. Nimchalu is mashma loshen zocher, and we're saying um, that maybe Esav at that time his sins were forgiven, but of course maybe uh, he didn't um, he didn't come follow through. 
Rashi in the Rashi it says Nimchalu, it says Avoynoiseho, her. But if we're talking about we're talking about the guy who marries a wife. Uh, so it, maybe it's I'm going to say him. Uh, okay, but in any event, it's said that he was. But the reason there was a reason for machlas. But in summary, it turns out that um, all the names that we find in Toildes are not their real names. Uh, Basmas apparently was a real name, um, and also the other names in our parsha, Olivama was the real name, and Oda was the real name. In Toildes, they were just given names to reflect different things. Uh, Yehudis to trick his father, uh, Basmas over there to uh, because she offered David Zora and uh, Machlas because his sins, uh, Yishmael's sins were forgiven, and uh, that's why she was called that. So that was the third wife, was uh, Basmas or Machlas, and as I mentioned before, this wife he took 23 years after taking the other two wives, because, as we learned before, he was 63 uh, at the time that he married this Machlas Basmas, and he was 40 when he married the two uh, Otherwise, this Yehudis Bas Beiri Achiti, and this um, and this uh, Basmas, uh, over there in, in, in the pasuk. Also, the Torah gives identifying as mentioned before here too that she was that she was the sister of Nevoyes, as I mentioned before, because Nevoyes married her off. Okay, so now now the first one uh, to give birth to Esav as the Pasuk records in Pasuk Dalet, was this Odo. And perhaps this is also the reason why Odo is mentioned first over here, because even though he uh, maybe married Odo second, uh, but uh, because she was the one that gave birth first, and we're talking about Esau's children, so she's mentioned first. So the Pasuk says that Odo... the uh, the wife whose name Odo, which is the Basmas and Pasha's told this, the Basmas Bas Eloin, so she gave birth to Esau, his older son. His name was Eliphaz. And the um, third wife that we had, that's Ishmael's daughter, uh, that he married 23 years later, it says that Bosmas uh, gave birth to Reuel. So Esau has a son, Eliphaz, his oldest son from Oda, and Bosmas uh, gave, uh, the third wife gave birth, Yishmael's daughter gave birth to Reuel, the one he married 23 years later, she gave birth to Reuel. Now this Eliphaz, we've encountered him in the past. And uh, Rashi brought him down, this Eliphaz, this Esau's older son. And uh, we encountered this Eliphaz in the beginning of the parsha when uh, Yaakov was praying to Hashem that it should protect him from Esau, that he's scared of him. And he says that, So he goes and he says, over there, avarti es hayarden hazeh that with my staff I've passed this Yardin, and Rashi explains over there that uh, the reason he came over just with his staff, that he actually had nothing with him. 
And Rashi explains over there that Esav uh, sent Eliphaz to kill uh, to kill Yaakov. And uh, when he came across Yaakov, now this is actually I just um, I want to correct myself. This, this Rashi is actually in Parshas Vayetze and uh, in uh, Pasuk Yud Aleph and uh, over there by uh, it says when. Uh, uh, in the beginning of Ayetze, when he uh, kisses Rachel and he cries, and Rashi says over there that Eliphaz, the son of Esau, was running by his father's instruction to kill him. And he told to kill him, and he reached him, and uh, Rashi says because Eliphaz grew up in the lap of Yitzchak, he withdrew his hand, he didn't want to, he didn't kill him. And he said, what could I do to the command of my father? So Yaakov says to him, take what I have. And somebody who is poor, who has nothing, is considered to be like that. So we find the Lifas over there. Actually, the Medrash is more elaborate. One of the Medrashim, it actually says that when Esau was trying to convince uh, his son Eliphaz to go ahead and kill him, he brought up the argument. He says, well, you know, if you kill Yaakov, then... Uh, I am uh, again the Bechoyer, and if I am uh, the Bechoyer and you being my oldest son, then you're the Bechoyer. Uh, so that was an enticement uh, that he gave to, uh, to Eliphaz uh, to go ahead and do uh, kill uh, uh, Yaakov. But uh, Eliphaz, of course, didn't do it. Uh, it also says that when uh, Medrash brings down uh, that when uh, um, Esau saw that uh, Liphas uh, didn't do it, uh, we'll learn a little bit later on, uh, we're going a little bit ahead of ourselves, that Liphas gave uh, birth uh, to a son uh, whose name was uh, Amalek. And um, and then he instructed, Liphas instructed his uh, I mean, Esau instructed his grandson, uh, Eliphaz's son, uh, Amalek, uh, which was Esau's grandson, to go and uh, and uh, kill uh, Yaakov uh, uh, for the same reason. And uh, uh, the one Medrash uh, brings down that uh, um, that um, uh, uh, first uh uh, went and um, he checked with his uh, uh, with his wife, uh, with his concubine wife. Uh, the Medrash actually quoted that I saw uh, says he went and asked uh, his mother Timna. Uh, I'm not getting uh, really involved in the detail right now, but just to quote the Medrash over here that um, he went and the Medrash says he went and asked his mother Timna, but it's actually. Not his mother Timna. He Eliphaz asked his concubine wife Timna, as we will see soon. Uh, but he asked her, should he listen uh, to his uh, to his father Esau, who said uh, that she should that he should go and kill uh, Yaakov. Um, so the Medrash says he asked Timna his mother, but Timna wasn't his mother. So I, I don't know what exactly the quote that I read from the Medrash, but in any event, he must have asked his concubine wife, uh, Timna. He asked her, uh, should I, uh, he, uh, uh, Eliphaz asked her, should I go listen to my father? 
and uh, his mother uh, Timna said, uh, "No, uh, if your father was able to kill Yaakov, he would have uh, done it by himself. And if he hasn't done it, it's because he's afraid. So you don't go and do it." And you know, and then you know, Eliphaz did not do it. And then when she uh, told uh, Amalek, uh, when Esau instructed his grandson Amalek to go kill Yaakov. Uh, Amalek, who was Eliphaz's and uh, Timna's son, uh, Timna, the concubine of Eliphaz, uh, uh, he went and Amalek and asked his mother Timna uh, what he should do. And again, she was uh, trying to tell him that she that he should uh, not go and kill uh, Yaakov. Uh, um, but uh, Amalek didn't want to listen to her, so she finally said to him, "Listen, if you're going to kill uh, Yaakov," then um, that means that the decree that Hashem said to to Avram that the that the Jews, that the people, your seed will go into Golos, since there will be no Yaakov, then it will be upon uh, uh, Esau's children uh, to uh, go into Golos. And uh, so she says to Amalek, then you are going to be suffering the consequences of of that uh, of that uh, uh, of that uh, exile, that Golos of Odin Vino And if you don't want that, then you uh, uh, better not kill Yaakov. So then that Yaakov and uh, uh, will 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 suffer that, that consequence. And this explains why after uh, Yaakov, uh, after the Jews came out of Egypt, it says, Amalek comes to have war with them. So as long as they were in Egypt, you know, he didn't, you know, they were suffering. And uh, he was, the, the, the reason that Amalek wanted to destroy the Jewish people was not because of, uh, of anything, of any territory or any uh, complaint that he had against them. It was just because of this old complaint of Esau, who um, who um, uh, lost his brachis uh, to Yaakov and, and the hatred that Yaakov, that Esau instilled that his uh, grandchildren should go and kill uh, to go and kill Yaakov and uh, Timna, his mother of Amalek, sort of held them back as long as they were in exile, and then as soon as they went out of Mitzrayim, is Amalek, Amalek shows up. Uh, this is in addition to the hatred that uh, Timna carried separately as we will uh, explore as we continue to go on here. Then, so, so far we covered the two wives, uh, Oda giving birth to Esau, uh, Bosmas uh, giving uh, birth, birth to uh, Reuel. So again, Oda giving Oda the Bas Eloin she gave uh, birth to Eliphaz, and Bosmas, who was the daughter of Yishmael, she gave birth to Reuel. And now we're talking about this Olivamo. Now, the one who had the the nicest background so far was this Olivamo. We talked about how uh, uh, Olivamo was born from... Sivain, who had a relationship with Anna's wife, and uh, and uh, how Anna himself uh, was born through a relationship that Sivain had with with his mother. Uh, but now it continues with that 
story that uh, Olivama gave birth to Yush, and then it says Yalom, and to Kodach. So we see here uh, three children, Yush, Yalom, and Kodach. Now, Yush and Yalom uh, are not of significance to us, but now Kairach, we have a problem with this Kairach. Now, the passage over here, uh, when it talks about Olivoma, uh, this Olivoma, the Basivoin, Basano, Basivoin, these were the, uh, the Torah counts the Yush, Yalom, Kairach, the three sons. So, so far we have uh, really a total of five grandsons to to Esau. Uh, um, um, I mean, five sons to Esau. We have Eliphaz, the son of Odo. We have Ruel, the son of uh, Bosmas Pasishmoel. And we have uh, Yush, Yalom, and Kerach, the sons of Olivamo. Uh, these five children, the Torah says, the Torah finished the Pesach, hey, this was his children that he gave birth in the land of Canaan. Then the Pesach goes on to tell you that Esau didn't stay in the land of Canaan, and he moved on from the land of Canaan, as we spoke about earlier, and now the Torah is giving us again uh, another recount of the children of Esau, Avi uh, Adoim in Har Seir. Now over there, of course, uh, each one of these uh, children uh, of Esau's, uh, they had other children, in other words, their uh, uh, grandchildren already, and um, over there, the Pasuk goes on, starting with Pasuk Yud, uh, tells you the uh, Bnei Esau, of uh, Eliphaz ben Odo, uh, and 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 and, uh, and 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 also the from the other wife, uh, Eliphaz ben Odo, Eishes Esav, and Ruel, the Ruel, the son of Basmas, Eishes Esav, uh, their children. So we're going to talk about Eliphaz's children and Ruel's children, and the prosecutor Aleph starts counting. The different children of Eliphaz, these were all born already in Seir over there, Tamar, Oimer, Tzvei, Vegaitu, Baknas. As uh, the Pasik talks about over there, we'll get to it. After the Pasik uh, enumerates all the Esau's grandchildren, meaning his sons Eliphaz's kids, and his sons uh, Reuel's kids, and his uh, sons. Uh, uh, um, now it's interesting while the Torah accounts different children uh, that were born in Seir uh, Reuel's children and uh, and Eliphaz's children uh, Reuel, Nachaz Reuel has Nachaz Vzerech Shamo Mizo and uh, we also have uh, uh, Eliphaz's children, Taimon, Oimer, Tzvoi, Gaitom, Oknaz, and then another one from uh, Timna, which was Amolek. Uh, the Torah uh, mentions the uh, children 
of Olivoma Bas Arno Bas Sivoin, the wife of Esau. She just meant the Torah just mentions the gave birth to Esau, the, the sons Yehush Yalom and Koirach. Those were the sons that were actually already born in the Eretz uh, Canaan. Uh, but we don't find any grandchildren over there. In other words, there is no um, children, uh, two uh, two of children. So it's just Esau's children. Uh, those I mentioned before, there were a total of five children that Esau had. Uh, one from uh, the one Reuel and one from uh, one Eliphaz, and then he had from his wife Olivama and he had three sons Yush, Yalom, and Kairach. But there is no uh, children mentioned over here. But after the Torah goes through and talks about the children that were born, the grandchildren, I guess over here, since there was no grandchildren, or for some reason Torah doesn't count it, uh, the Torah just mentions the children. So we, we went over again about the children. And then the Torah tells us about the Alufim. Alufim were, uh, Rashi says they were Rashi Mishpachas, they were head of clans, or uh, the Gemara it's referred to as an Aluf is one step less than a king without a crown. But these were the Alufim. So then the Torah basically mentions all the different Alufim. And the Torah goes in the order, in Pasik Tezvov, the Torah goes in the order of the uh, Bnei Esav, uh, and it goes from the starting with the sons of Eliphaz. They were all alufim, I guess, heads of clans, or they were almost kings. Each one of them. So it basically goes through all the children of Eliphaz. It goes through. So it goes through the children of Alufa. Eliphaz calls them all alufim. Uh, it goes through basically the children of Reuel, that's the other son of Esau. Uh, it goes through his children, Anacha, Zerach, Shamo, Mizo, they're also Alufim, each one. Those are the Alufim of Reuel. So first the Alufim of Eliphaz, then the Alufim of Reuel. And then, uh, again by the sons of Olivamo, Esau, the Alufim were not the children there, because there's no mention of any children of them, but over there is the sons herself, uh, those ace of sons uh, from Olivoma, it's Yehush, Aluf Yehush, Aluf Yalom, and Aluf Koirach, those were the three sons were Alufim too. Uh, there is no uh, Aluf Alifaz by himself, because his Alufim was the, um, I guess his children, or all each one Alufim. Uh, same thing, Reuel, uh, who was the son of Esau, from, uh, from the other wife, uh, all these children were the Alufim, not Reuel himself, but by the sons of Livoma, Esau's wife, uh, their sons, they themselves became the head of the clans of Aluf, but not their children. Again, like I said, there is no mention in the Torah from their children. Presumably because since there was more than one son, um, so it's not that the son became the Alufim, and the Torah only counts the children uh, that became Alufim. Uh, over here, since there were three sons from Olivama, so uh, the Alufim were then the sons themselves, and therefore there is no mention. The Torah doesn't find it important to mention the sons because it wants to just mention what the Alufim are. But there is one something very, very strange that takes place over here that 
everything seems to fit exactly. All the alufim uh, seem to match up with Ace of Children. Besides one one detail over here, because when it talks about the alufim from the sons of Eliphaz, Eliphaz uh, children, uh, it says aluf taimon, aluf oimer, aluf tzvoi, aluf knaz. That's so far so good. Then it says aluf gatum, aluf amolek. But before it says aluf gatum, it says aluf koirach. That means that aluf koirach that Koirach was a son of Eliphaz. Now, in the sons of Adir of Eliphaz, the way we counted them, uh, there was no, um, there was no, um, there was no, um, there was no Koirach over there. When you look at the Pasuk, um, Pasuk Yudalef, it says, Vayihiyu b'nei Eliphaz, Teimon, Oimer, Tzvoi, Vegatom, Uknaz. And then we get an extra son from the Pilegesh of Eliphaz, which was Amalek. That's six. So we have again, we have Taimon, Oimer, Tzvoi, Gatum, Knaz. Um, and uh, then we have also another son of Eliphaz, which was Amalek. Six. But here when we come to the Alufim, there is actually seven. Because you have, when it talks about the aluf from Bnei Alifas, you have uh, aluf Taimon, aluf Oimer, aluf Tzvoi, aluf Knaz, aluf Koirach, aluf Gatom, aluf Amolik Seven. The extra one in here is aluf Koirach. How does aluf Koirach come in here? But wait a minute. There was a Koirach in there, and uh, that Koirach was from. Olivoma's sons, because Olivoma, Aishas Esav, in the Pasikut Ches over there, when it talks about the Alufim that came, not for the grandchildren, this is already from Esav's children, from his wife Olivoma. So over there it says, Aluf Yush, Aluf Yalom, Aluf Kerach. Okay, so there was a Luf Kerach. And in our Pasik that we started to speak about, and also in the Pasik when it recounts while who the children of Ace of War in Edom, in both cases, he counts this uh, Kerach as the child of Holy Vama. Like we're saying in Pasik Hey, that Holy Vama, Yolda, she gave birth to Yush, to Yalom, and to Kerach. So how does this Kairach become, all of a sudden, when we're talking about the Alufim, there's another Kairach. We don't know, there's only one Kairach over here that we know. And all of a sudden, we have a Kairach who is a son of Eliphaz, when Kairach was a son of Esau, uh, Olivama's son. Uh, Olivama married to Esau. And she gave birth to Kairach. And all of a sudden, when it comes to... And she's actually mentioned as the Aluf of Kairach. But then he's also mentioned as the Aluf of the sons of Eliphaz. So what's going on over here? Again, the question is, Kairach seems to be... uh, The Pasuk says that Kairach was the son of Esau by the wife of Olivama. 
uh, as far as Eliphaz goes, he didn't have a son named Kairach that we find in the Pasuk. But the problem is, we do find, when the Torah talks about the Alufim, there was an Aluf under Eliphaz whose name is Kairach. Says Rashi over here that this Kairach was actually an illegitimate child. Because the truth of the matter is that Olivama was uh, Kairach's mother, but she wasn't, but Esau wasn't the father. Because the father, the father was actually Eliphaz. So Eliphaz had a relationship with Olivama. Olivama did Sitkalis, as we already learned, Olivama's lineage. Uh, she was the daughter of Tzivan, Bas Ano Bas She wasn't really Bas Ano, she was really Bas Tzivan. So this uh, Olivamo, uh, this Tzitkanis, she had a relationship with um, with Eliphaz uh, as her stepson. Eliphaz uh, was. Uh, the daughter was a son to Ada. Uh, but at least, uh, but uh, Esau had another wife named Olivamo, and Olivamo had a relationship, and from that relationship, this Kairach was uh, born. And because of that relationship, the Torah says, so I guess over here it says that she, she gave birth to him. Yes, she did give birth to him. It seems like this is uh, Esau's uh, child, but the truth of the matter is it wasn't Esau's child. Uh, this was actually Eliphaz's child, and that's why eventually when they became Alufim, um, this uh, Kairach became an Aluf himself as a son of Eliphaz. Now, it's a little bit still strange because by the Alufim, Kairach is counted two times as the Alufim. He is once an Aluf as a son of Eliphaz, and then he is, the Torah counts him as the son of Eliphaz as an Aluf, and he's also counted as an Aluf as the son of Esau, as, uh, as the son of Olivama. So apparently, uh, the Pasik tells us the truth that uh, he was actually a son of Eliphaz, uh, so his, his lineage was part of Eliphaz's. And they may have thought that he uh, was also an Aluf Kairach as a son of uh, Esau, uh, because they didn't know that uh, uh, Kairach was born, was not really Esau's son, that uh, Kairach was actually Eliphaz's son. The second uh, part of the class on uh, the end of Parshas Vayishlach uh, in the story of Esau's family. And um, over here when the Pasuk is uh, talking about the um, uh, children of, uh, of Eliphaz, who was the uh, son of Esau from Esau's wife's Odo, which we were talking about over here. 
um, the Torah talks about um, five children, Taman Omer, Tzvei, Vigat, Muknas. But then a Pasik Yud Beis, the Torah tells us Eliphaz had another son. And this other son's name was Amalek. But unlike where the Pasik doesn't tell us who Eliphaz's wife was, from whom he had Taman, Omer, Tzvei, Gaitam, and Knaz, it just says they were the sons of Eliphaz. The Pasik Yud Beis, uh, which we read about Amalek, that he was Eliphaz's son, the Torah begins the Pasik in Yud Beis that Timna was a Pilegish to Eliphaz ben Esau. That Timna was a concubine wine, she was a wife, she was just a concubine wife, to Elisa ben Esau, and she gave birth to uh, to Eliphaz Amalek. So this is already uh, uh, unusual. Why would the Torah all of a sudden tell us who uh, Amalek's mother was and and tell us that she was a Pilegish when the Torah didn't tell us by Eliphaz who his wife was who uh, Taman Omer Tzvei were born from. And uh, so there must be a reason that the Torah is telling us So Rashi brings down uh, that the um, Pasik is coming to tell us over here the greatness of Avraham by telling us this uh, fact that Timna was a Pilegish to Lifus ben Esav, the Torah is trying to tell us the greatness of Avram, how much the uh, people desired to connect to his children, to his seed, to the descendants of Avram. And Rashi says that we have to realize that this Timna that we're saying over here was a Bas Alufim Hoison. Now, Rashi uses the words, she was a daughter of the Alufim. Now, we mentioned already earlier, the Alufim are heads of clans. In the Gemara, the Gemara says that Alufim are not just heads of clans, but they're like one level short of a uh, king that, uh, that they don't have a crown, but they're almost like kings. So they were like, you know, semi-kings, you know, important for their for their families over there. But Rashi says that this Timna was a daughter of Alufim. But Rashi says, where do we see this? Because later on, when the Pasik talks about the uh, inhabitants of Seir, the Bnei Seir, it goes through the history of the Bnei Seir that lived over in the land of Seir before Esau and his family joined them over there. So over there, the Pasik counts on, we spoke already earlier, the Pasik enumerates in the first Pasik the four sons of Seir. It goes on to give you later on, afterwards, more sons of Seir. So it counts over there, as mentioned before, Loiton Shoivel Tzivon Va'ano. And we went through already this whole thing that Anna was not really from the Bnei Seir, he was actually Tzivon's son, because uh, Tzivon had a relationship with 
his uh, mother and which Anna was born from, but in the Pasuk he's counted as one of the Bnei Seir. And then the Pasuk goes on, Chafalev gives you another few sons, another three sons, Dishon, Eitzer, and Dishon. And it says, Alufi Adiza, Dalufi Achiri. After Pasuk Chafalev names you the son of Seir, then it starts telling you the sons of Loiton, that's the older son of Seir, telling you who was the Bnei Loiton. So he had a son named Choyri and a son named Hamon. Two sons, one Choyri and one Hamon. But the Pasik concludes over there and says that this Loiton, who was the son of Seir, also had a sister. And the sister's name was Timnah. So this Timnah that we're talking about over here, that was the concubine wife of uh, of Eliphaz, the son of Esau, this Timnah. So this Timnah, the sister of Leuton, uh was the wife of Esau. So we see in the Pasik that uh, Leuton's uh, sister was Timna. So this is what Rashi is saying over here that this uh, Timna was a uh, Bas Alufim. Uh, yeah. But in truth, um, as Rashi says, that we learn it from. The fact that it says Achois Loiton uh, was Timna, and uh, Loiton, Rashi says, was from the Alufe of the uh, people of uh, Seir, from the Chayrim Shiyashu Balefonim, that those were the people that were sitting there, and they uh, they were the Alufim. So even though Rashi uses the words bas alufim hoiso, so the understanding would be uh, if she was a sister with uh, Loiton, and uh, Loiton's father was uh, the uh, sayer over there, uh, that makes her also a uh, a bas alufim. Um, even though this was only a sister of Alufim, or maybe that means a Bas Alufim, a, a woman of Alufim. Um, matter of fact, that um, the way um, it's uh, brought down in the Gemara, uh, we'll see in a minute, uh, in the Gemara, there's actually, in the very end of the Parsha, uh, it also talks about that there was actually Aluf Timna. Um, now, it's 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 hard to uh, figure out in the um, in the um, uh, pasuk. It says when it says Eilas Shmois Alufe Esov Limishpachaisom Limkamaisom Bishmaisom. Over there, the pasuk talks in addition to mentioning the Alufe Esov earlier by the children of Eliphaz, as mentioned before, and by the children, uh, Ruel's children, and uh, and the families, as they uh, went from Olivama's uh, kids 
the three children over there uh, that may, we talked about before, uh, and the Pasuk also goes on in Pasuk Mem, towards the end of the Parsha, talking about the the different areas where they were alufim. Those are not the same, uh, not all the children and not all the same names. And um, the uh, first aluf is mentioned, there is aluf uh, timna. But, um, you know, presumably uh, that is connected uh, to uh, this uh, timna, uh, who was the sister of uh, Loitan, uh, who was the son of the Seir, and, and perhaps uh, the uh, Torah calls her um, the Aluf, the Achois Loitan. There were other brothers, but Loitan was the oldest brother, so she's called Aluf Loitan, Achois Loitan. The bottom line is that Timna was from uh, an aristocratic family, and um, she said, uh, Rashi brings down, um, even though I don't have the privilege to get being married to you, uh, to being married to Alifaz, she was satisfied by just being his Pelegish. Um, though this actually brings out the um, the greatness of the children of Avram or the grandchildren that uh, he is somebody like Timna who was from an aristocratic family and um, despite that uh, she not only uh, that uh, she she couldn't be even though she couldn't even be a wife she was uh, happy just to be a Pelegish as long as she can be to uh, marry to uh, to somehow be a Pelegish to Eliphaz, who was a grand grandson from uh, from Avram. Now Rashi adds another interesting uh, uh, factor over here that um, in the um, um, the pasuk in the pastures we assume that since Timna was a sister of Leiton, so she was also. Um, she was also the um, the daughter of the Seir, uh, of which uh, Loitan was a son, and the other sons that are mentioned over there. In the Parsha, the children of Seir HaChayri, those who lived in Seir before Esav came. So when the Pasik mentions the uh, sons, uh, and then later on when this Pasik starts mentioning the children of Loitan, and it says that Achas Leiton Timna, so the assumption would be that Timna would be the uh, the daughter of uh, of Seir. But Rashi brings down that in Divra Yomim uh, she is counted, uh, this Timna, amongst the uh, descendants, amongst the children of Eliphaz. So uh, what's going on over here? Um, so uh, Rashi explains that actually this Timna was not Seir's son, but rather she was, she was not Seir's daughter, but rather she was Eliphaz's daughter. And what happened was that this Eliphaz had a relationship with the wife of uh, Seir, and therefore, and, and Timna came out uh, from that. 
So actually, this Timna, who became his concubine wife when she got older, was actually uh, his uh, his daughter, the daughter of uh, of Eliphaz. Now, um, that means though that uh, Timna was a great uh, granddaughter. Uh, of Avram by birth, because if she was the daughter of Eliphaz, who had a relationship with the wife of Seir and gave birth to Timna, uh, so Timna was really uh, Eliphaz's daughter, and Eliphaz was Esav's son, and of course Esav was Yitzchak's son, which was Avram's son. So, um, what does it mean that? Uh, they wanted to cleave to his children. Uh, she was um, uh, she was part of the. She was no uh, different than Alifas. Uh, it may be either Rashi. This is a different interpretation, different commentary. Uh, Rashi just brings down. So it doesn't seem like Rashi is saying another pshat over here, another interpretation, but. Uh, Possibly uh, that um, the Timna did not know that, and um, um, and maybe that was uh, you know even though it says Kamo Yutaevin Ludovic Bizarre was a uh, like meant as a general statement, but uh, uh, maybe was she specially, but because she was actually a descendant of, of that family and maybe that pushed her but or uh but then Rashi why would Rashi say Kamayutavim to Lidigudlosishalabram if it was something unique to Timna because Timna actually came because she was Alifas's daughter. Um but in any event Rashi says that this is the reason why the Torah doesn't count the daughter this Timna when it says the sons of Seir in which we count Leuton, and it just says that the uh, sister of Leuton, that Timna was sister of Leuton. It doesn't say, it doesn't count her amongst the children that she was a daughter of Seir. Uh, because uh, she was talking not the daughters of, uh, she was talking not the children of Seir. She was not one of the children of Seir, because uh, she was... Um, she wasn't um, um, uh, Leuton's uh, brother uh, from the father, because uh, Leuton's father was Seir, and uh, Timna's father was uh, Eliphaz. And um, uh, Timna and uh, Leuton, uh, they shared one mother, um, and, uh, and that's why it was Achois Leuton from one mother, not from one father. That explains, Rashi says, why the Pasuk doesn't count Timna as one of the children of Seir, only the sister of Leuton. Um, however, uh, I wonder, um, in, in that logic, uh, because she wasn't really a daughter, that's why the Torah doesn't count her, uh, then the question becomes, uh, I think I mentioned it earlier, uh, over there, we count Anna as a child of Seir. Um, it says Leuton, and then Anna, and uh, and Tzivon. 
And we already, Rashi already mentioned earlier that this Anna was not really uh, uh, Tzivain's uh, brother from the father, but actually Tzivain was Anna's father. Uh, but yet the Pasuk over there uh, does uh, count uh, uh, Anna as uh, a child of Seir, and presumably because uh, uh, even though that Tzivain had a relationship uh, with his mother and gave birth to Anna, but the people didn't know that, and they thought that uh, this Anna was actually fathered by uh, Seir and uh, not by Tzivain. And uh, the Posse counts him, uh, Anna, as a son of uh, of Seir. Um, although that maybe over there, the Torah, reason for the Torah counts him is uh, because he, um, he became later on from the Alufim over there, so just to fit with the Alufim, uh, if he was... Um, he was uh, Counted with the alufim of uh, of, um, of 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 Seir over there, uh, and uh, maybe that's why the Torah does count him. But uh, Rashi definitely says that this uh, Timna was um, uh, was not counted for that reason because she wasn't really uh, the daughter of uh, Seir, um, but uh, presumably again that uh, they. Uh, um, maybe they didn't know it over there, um, um, and maybe uh, she herself, uh, uh, Timna, didn't know it because uh, that's why she was saying, uh, "I can't marry you. I want to be a Pelegish." And uh, um, the um, the same story that Rashi brings down is brought down in the Gemara in Sanhedrin, um, a little bit different. It's just interesting to see. Um, what the Gemara says over there. Um, the, the Gemara basically said that Timna was a Bas Malachim. Rashi used the word Bas Alufim. The Gemara says Bas Malachim. And uh, the Gemara says there, um, because it says Aluf uh, Loiton, um, that is uh, uh, what Rashi says here, Vachois. Loiton Timna Veloitum Alufa Yeshua Seir Hoya. But the Gemara mentions that it says also Aluf Timna. So uh, apparently, what it says in the very end of the parsha, an uh, Aluf by Timna, uh, that this has to do with the um, separate uh, of uh, of everything else because. Um, Usually the women did not get alufim. I mean, all the alufim that are mentioned are all the men. Uh, she was a concubine wife of Eliphaz, and um, the um, the alufim uh, were not mentioned under uh, Eliphaz's name. Uh, all the alufim uh, that the Torah mentions were uh, Eliphaz's uh, children's uh, their alufim. Um, the uh, Timna would be an exception. Um, now, um, actually, um, that is not so correct because the, um, the the names, for example, over there uh, is also we find Aluf Aholivama. So uh, this Aholivama, uh, being a wife 
from uh, presumably same Olivama being a wife of um, of uh, of Esau. Uh, but uh, Olivama there too, um, as the Pesach says, that's really Limukamoisom. These were Alufim by their sections. Uh, these were different than the Aluf, the children that were mentioned earlier, the Alufim of Esau. These are basically in the different areas where they settled. So uh, you do have Aluf Olivama, and then you have the Aluf uh, Timna. Um, so that would make the other wife. We don't, uh, I don't see here. Uh, to be here, uh, the Aluf Bosmas uh, that would make the uh, the Aluf um, Alivama um, was the wife of uh, Esav, and Aluf Timna is the concubine of uh, of um, of Eliphas. But in any event, uh, these Alufim at the end of the parsha don't seem to follow any particular uh, pattern. But in any event, the Gemara does bring it down as a evidence that Timna was a uh, daughter of uh, of the Alufim. And the Gemara adds that when it says Aluf, it's Malchus It means it's a kingdom that doesn't have a crown. So it's a kingdom, but it just doesn't have a crown. But the Gemara says that Boyili uh, Giyura, she wanted to convert. Rashi doesn't have this whole story that she wanted to convert. Rashi says that they wanted to connect the children uh, to see that they want to be even a uh, 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 a concubine to their seed. But uh, Rashi doesn't say this whole thing. But the Gemara says she wanted to convert, and she came to Abraham and to Yitzchok and Yaakov, and they hadn't accepted. They didn't want to accept her. So then she went because. Uh, uh, she um, they wouldn't accept it, so she became a Pelegish to um, to Aliphas, uh, the son of Esau. Um, now, with Rashi's interpretation over here again, uh, she became a Pelegish, even though uh, she was actually his uh, son. It was Aliphas's son, Aliphas's daughter. Uh, She's still considered to be uh, from the Alufim, um, even though her father was Alifaz, he wasn't from the people of Seir over there, but uh, she was um, from the Alufim of, 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 of Esau. Um, uh, what, what, what bothers me a little bit is um, that when the Gemara brings down the Posik of Aluf Timna, those were the alufim already seems that have to do with Esau's alufim. In the Pasuk, that's talking about Esau's alufim. Uh, we're talking about Esau, she became a concubine before she was married to Esau, before she had, uh, before she became a concubine to Eliphaz, and before she had a Molik. We're trying to talk about the reason that she was an aluf beforehand. So for the Gemara to bring the Pasuk of aluf Timna, uh, seems to bring a pasik which refers already the aluf of uh, being Aesov's uh, uh, married to Ace to 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 Alifas that made her a an aluf, and perhaps that's the reason why Rashi doesn't bring down this pasik from aluf Timna, because uh, that aluf Timna has to do already with Aesov and. Rashi is bringing from the Aluf from Seir that came there before Esau to say that despite the fact that she was uh, part of that clan 
Now, even though it seems that her father was not part of that royalty, but A, as I mentioned before, maybe she didn't know it, and she was still considered a Bas Melachim, a Bas Malchus, or even the fact that her mother uh, was... Um, um, the fact that her mother was uh, married uh, to Seir and uh, she had a brother who was a uh, an aluf, uh, maybe that uh, that's why, as Rashi Taka says over here, that made her into uh, uh, um, also a bas alufim from Bachois Leiton Timna. As Rashi just brings this pasuk, that makes her an aluf too. So, anyways, the Gemara says she became a pelegish to. Alifaz ben Esau, and she said better to be a shifcha for this nation and not to be a gvira to uh, a princess for another nation. And the end, uh, the Gemara adds over here, the Gemara says that Amalek uh, came out from her who caused the Jews a lot of pain, uh, the Gemara says. Um, and uh, the reason is because they shouldn't have pushed her away. Um... Now, this is, um, you know, uh, the Gemara seems to say that they shouldn't have pushed her away, but uh, after learning Rashi and uh, seeing that uh, Timna was uh, actually a child, uh, an illegitimate child uh, 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 from, uh, from Alifaz, and then she became... Uh, his Pelegish, you know, but uh, when she wanted to um, to join, um, it could, uh, it, it, you know, she wasn't didn't have that much of a yichas over there. Uh, besides the fact that, uh, um, I guess if if Elifaz uh, Elifaz's um, um, mother was actually um, not uh, not so involved like with the other uh, leniency, like with the other wife over there, with this Oli, Olivama that was, we talked about Bas Hanna and Bas Tzivon, but he was, uh, Eliphaz was the son of, the son of Oda. Uh, by the way, um, the, the Loshna Bas Hanna Bas Tzivon that we discussed before, there's another uh, time later on. The pasuk also uses the double lotion of bas bas. Rashi doesn't say anything over there. And I'm just uh, wondering um, when it comes to um, in pasuk lametes when it talks about the different kings. It says uh, over there. It says that the Hadar. There was a king named Hadar, whose city was name was Po. Then the Torah says, Vishem Ishtoi, and the name of his wife was Mehe Tavel. And she, it says that she was Bas Matred. And then it says Bas Mezov. Uh, uh, she was uh, the daughter of Matred, the daughter of Mezov. Uh, now, I don't know whether uh, Matred was the mother and uh, Mezov was the uh, was the father uh, uh, because um, 
because uh, definitely Mezov seems to be a male because Rashi comments over there uh, in, in, a, in a masculine language, Oshir uh, Hoyo, so it means that he was a man. So Matred, unless it was a woman, uh, and then the Torah is saying she was Matavil. Uh, the daughter of a uh, woman, Matred, but why would they all of a sudden, uh, I don't know why the Torah would write here the name of his wife, it doesn't write anywhere else the name of the wife of the kings that were king over there, but uh, I'm not sure if Matred means a uh, is a woman, could be a man what would mean then Bas Matred, Bas Mezov uh, if she's not Matred then why doesn't Rashi comment over there uh, just like he comments over here but in any event, uh, from the uh, Gemara, we see that um, uh, she wanted to convert, and um, and this was the reason why Amalek's hatred came to the uh, to the Jewish people. Uh, presumably, uh, uh, Timna um, um, told them about the uh, about her desire to convert, and they wouldn't accept her. But as mentioned before, uh, besides that, Timna herself. Uh, uh, was uh, was born through uh, Alifa's uh, Alifa's uh, relationship uh, uh, with uh, with uh, Sayer's wife or her mother that she was born them. So besides that, and besides the fact that her father Alifa's. Uh, in addition uh, to uh, having the relationship with Sayer's wife from which she came out, he also, we learned before, that uh, Lifaz also had a relationship with his father's wife, Olivoma, and they gave birth to Kairach. Um So it, it seems that they didn't want to accept her also um, on, on some other grounds and... Uh, uh, maybe the fact that she came from such an aristocratic family, uh, things like that. Um, but in any way, in any event, it was a, a big mess over there. And um, as Rashi pointed out, in, in, in actually two places over here, and uh, and also and also in Pasuk Chavdalid. Rashi says of their Veloy Huska Klichtev Lono Mishpachas Achedi that the Pasik did not require to tell us the family of the Chedi Elamipne Timna only because of Timna. Uh, so this whole Chedi family is written because of telling us Timna Ulaidia Gedula Zera Avrom and to teach us the greatness of Avrom Kumeshparashti Lamaila as he explained above. So it turns out that the entire thing of the Chayri was written in order to tell us about Timna. Timna was the Achayis Loiton and that she was Abbas Alufim. And then that's the reason why it says by the Pelegish by Esau, it also tells us that the Timna, he married this Pelegish uh, who was uh, Timna to tell us that it's better to be a Pelegish. All this to tell us the greatness, how much people wanted to connect to Avram's family. It's uh, fascinating to see all this, um, all these details, and this was one of the uh, criticisms that um, the um, Menashe, the Gemara in Sanhedrin relates, quoted before. He was uh, criticizing how come uh, Moshe Rabbeinu says didn't have anything else uh, uh, to write in the Torah, and he. Uh, 
he wrote uh, these things in the Torah. So, like he says that, um, um, why did he write Vaachis Loiton Timno? This is uh, the pasuk in uh, we hear talks of Hachayri. Uh, he also wrote the pasuk Vetimno Hoiso Pelegish Lealifas, and these are all psukim, as uh, Rashi explained over here, that are coming to teach us the greatness of Avraham. Uh, be enough for now. The third portion of the class in the end of Ayishlach, um, with regards to this whole story with the uh, children, the descendants of Esau. So there is actually a whole sicha on Parshas Vayishlach and Lekutus Sichas Chelikei Sicha Beis, in which uh, many of the uh, issues we touched upon are discussed by the Rebbe. And um, I just wanted to uh, go over a couple of things which became clear from there. Um, one of the issues that we had in the class uh, was um, what's going on with the um, uh, father of, of Yehudis um, over there in the Pasik it's called, in Tordos it's called Bazbeidi, she's called Bazbeidi Achiti, Achivi. Achiti, uh, I'm sorry, Yehudit Baveri Achiti, and over here he calls her Ano Bas Ano Bas Tzivin Hachivi, and Rashi doesn't explain uh, what happened with the father over here. Uh, the way the Rebbe brings it out in the Sicha is that um, the uh, Rashi didn't need to explain this because once Rashi says that he changed her name to Yehudis. Uh, we can follow automatically that uh, he would uh, also change uh, the name of the of her name of uh, from Basano uh, Basivin uh, to uh, something different. Um, in other words, if her name was really Olivoma Basano Basivin Achivias in our pasuk. Uh, we can understand, as Rashi explains, that he changed it to Yehudis to trick his father, that he would uh, definitely want to change it from the uh, name of Anno uh, Basivin, uh, her father's name too, in order to continue to trick his father. Rashi doesn't even have to say it, because Rashi has already told the principle of Yehudis. And uh, the Rebbe goes on to explain that to call her by a name Yehudis Basano Basivin, which... Uh, Clearly uh, delineates and tells us that she was Bas Mamzeres, Bas Anu Bas That would be uh, sort of a, a a a disgrace, not only not uh, not a a, a, a positive. Uh, and the Rebbe also goes on to explain the orders that Be'eri, when he calls with Be'eri, Gitzchak Saveda was was Be'er, and this was also Be'eri Maywell, and how it fits in. It fits in in. The story that took place with uh, Yitzchak, his father, he was trying to imitate his father, so this name Be'eri fits in with the whole deception. And that's obvious, and Rashi doesn't have to explain that. Uh, the thing is that uh, the Rebbe um, uh, also learns, uh, very interesting, the Rebbe teaches, uh, totally different than uh, we had uh, assumed, uh, that when it talks about uh, Basano Basivoin, it says Yotzusam Ibain Shnehem, uh we taish Yotzum Bin Shnehem meant uh not uh from uh meant from Tsivoin 
and uh, Anna's wife, because uh, Tzivan had a relationship with Anna's wife, with Kalose, as Rashi says. And Yotze saw uh, Mibeneim, and Olivama came out from the Mibein Shneim, between the two of them. But the Rebbe learns that Mibein Shneim means actually from Anna and Tzivan, that she was actually the daughter of Anna and Tzivan together. And uh, uh, this means in the Pashtas. This is the meaning of the Pashtas of the Pasuk, Bas Anno, Bas Sivin. And, uh, and the Rebbe uh, learns that what uh, Rashi explains, and Rashi says, that the Pasuk over here is uh, telling you um, that um, why would the Pasuk need to call her Bas Anno, Bas Sivin? Uh, uh, the Ebrister knows who she is, Basano Bas or Bas or and and therefore, the Rebbe also learns that the shot of Kulon Bnei Mamzeres Hayu. So the word Kulon Rashi means Kulon refers to the other women. Not to the uh, children, kulon. Because uh, it also would say kulom. It says kulon, loshnekeva. That means all the other wives. But then Rashi says, uh, why doesn't Rashi say she kulon mamzeres are you, uh, and not kulon uh, bnei mamzeres are you? So the loshen over here, if you talk about the wives, it should say she kulon mamzeres are you. Uh, and but Rashi says the loshen of. Um, Shekulam Bnei Mamzeres Hoyu is that actually we're telling you about the women, but that the women were all Mamzeres, but therefore it affected their children because this fits in that uh, with the storyline over here that everything in this parsha is telling us about their children. So Kulon, all the women wore Mamzeres, so made their Bnei, made their children Bnei Mamzeres, so made them also. Uh, sons of Mamzeris because they were Mamzeris uh, sort of the, this is the meaning of the Pasuk um, uh, the Rebbe interesting brings down also from Halacha that there is such a thing as uh, being uh, the wife uh, being a child of two people, a hundred people there's a, a Toysus in the Soito the Rebbe quotes and, it's, uh, and then there's a Rashi there there's, uh, but um, but that's the way the Rebbe learns the Pashtas the Pshat of Basana Basivan but um, I don't know, I don't understand, but uh, since it's Hediyah um I guess, but uh, it, it's kind of hard to say that that's what she was called. She was called Bas'ana Bas'tivin. It's still the Pesach telling you that she is Bas'ana Bas'tivin. Uh, they didn't publicly call her. It would seem that it would be difficult. Why should they publicly call her all the time Bas'ana Bas'tivin? Make this a public, uh, a public uh, announcement of this. Especially that when you look at the Pasuk, so when you take a look like in Pasuk Yudches, uh, when the Pasuk says, Ve'ele b'nei o'halivam o'eshes eshsov, the Pasuk over there con- uh, concludes with, Ela lufei o'halivam bas uh, bas ano. Uh, there it doesn't say bas ano bas tivain. Uh, there it just says that she was bas ano. As well as in Pasuk Chovhei, it says Beferish Ve'ele Bnei Ano, Dishoyin Vaholivamo Bas Ano. Uh, 
So, all the time in the Pasik, besides there's one more time also where it calls her Olivoma Bas Sivan Basana, which uh, which also needs to be explained if a Kosov, why would the Pasik I believe I mentioned earlier had to tell it to you a second time. Uh, if the Torah was just idea to tell you that Kulam Bnei Mamzer saw you, he wouldn't have to tell you a second time. But in the Pasik, in the Pashtus, he calls her all the time the Bas Ano. And, um, and, and, and over here, um, um, the, the question is, um, he, uh, if the Pasik says that she's a Bas Ano, then Esau uh, didn't have to change really the name from uh, from Basano Basivan, but he had to just change it from Basano. So it, it, I don't understand so well why would he have to change it? Why is the, the Rebbe says they all called her Basano Basivan? That would be a disrespect. That's not a uh, disrespect. No, I understand that the name had to be changed. Uh, that is a reason to change. He wanted a trick. He called it Beiri. But at the first point that he didn't want her to uh, be identified, and uh, he would definitely change it because that would declare. It's kind of hard to say that he, uh, her name was her ordinary name was Basana Basiven. That's the way all called her, as we see in the circle that he calls her Basana, and Anna gave her, uh, Anna gave birth to Olivama. It's, it seems like in the Pasha's way uh, we learned, it seemed like the shot is that uh, Anna. Was the assumed father of Olivama, and it's only that um, uh, really her father was Tzivin because Baal Kalosi. And the point that the Rebbe brings from Yotzim Ben Shneim, and also there is the Lasha Rashi of in, in Pasukit Beis with regards to Timna. Uh, over there, Rashi also says that Melamed uh, when, when talks about. Uh, about um, um, uh, about Timna, uh, Rashi says Ubedira Yom Emoyna Yisrael Bebonov Shalalifas, and Rashi says Malamit Shabo Al Ishte Shal Seir, and the Lashon over there is also Beyotzo Timna Mibenehem. So um, so over there um, we don't find anywhere that uh, in the pasuk it's called uh, that Timna is uh, Mibenehem should be Mibenehem from. Eliphaz and uh, and uh, end of uh, end of Seir uh, being the Achis Leiton. Adrabe over here Rashi says that she was only Achis Leiton Timna. She had no. Uh, she was only a sister. Uh, she was only a sister from the mother because her real father was uh, uh, was. Um, the real father was Eliphaz, uh, Timna's father. And uh, over here says also the Lush, same exact Lush, it says, Yotze Timna Mibeneim. Mibeneim over here means from, uh, from Eliphaz and, uh, and uh, her mother and uh, Sayer's wife. Eliphaz had a relationship with Sayer's wife. Um, but it seems like uh, the Rebbe's Diyuk is because it says, Bas Arno Bas in Pshat of the Posik. The Rebbe argues means the daughter of Anna that she was actually the daughter of Anna and the actual daughter of Tzivan. But uh, we still see that the Pasuk calls her also just Bas Anna, uh, not only uh, Bas Anna Bas Tzivan. So this thing needs to be uh, looked in uh, a little more, um, 
and uh, to uh, try to figure this out, you know, that it should fit uh, with the sicha. And uh, in addition, I wonder if when it says later on in the Pasik uh, uh, mentioned uh, last time, when it says Bas Matrid Bas Meizahov, would that mean also dissimilar? Like Bas Rashi doesn't say there anything. Uh, would it also mean Bas Matrid Bas Meizahov that she was the son, she was the daughter of both Matrid and Meizahov? Um, you know, if that's the pshat of Bas Tzivin, Bas Anu, Bas Tzivin, Kipshutai, it means it was both of their uh, children. Maybe uh, that would be a reason why Rashi doesn't have to say anything over there and explain this, because maybe uh, that's the pshat of, 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 according to Rashi, in the pshat, the pshat, when it says Bas, that she was both of their children. She was the children of both of them. Yeah, but one thing is uh, did get answered also that in addition to changing her father's name Lahati Sesoviv, he also changed it from Chiti to Chivi uh, because that makes the change even uh, even more. Uh, and and the reason the Rebbe said he picks from Chiti because first a person would tend to take from the Bnei Sa'aret, so this was the lie was sort of more of a going to stick if he said to his father that. They were both Bnois Chiti, which were the Yeshiv Haaretz, where they were living over there. To the discussion, just wanted to add to the discussion of uh, of Ano in the um, Parsha, in the end of um, the end of Ayishlach, um, that this whole discussion that Ano is the same as the. Um, from the Pasuk, who Anna, that this is the same Anna that is mentioned in the beginning, but it says when it says, Tzivain, um, that Anna, who Anna, that that's the same Anna which is mentioned before, B'nai Seir Achayri, is actually, this is the discussion in Mephorosh and the Gemara in Baba Basra, Kuftaz Vav, Amud Beis, which we learned uh, a couple of days in Daf Yomi after uh, we did this Pasha Chumash.